Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. For many of us, this past year has felt like a wilderness. Simplicity, sacrifice, and sorrow may have become daily realities. Yet, the Bible is full of characters who've had transformational experiences with God in the wilderness. So for our Lenten season, our series is called Wandering in the Wilderness. So to do that, let's begin with a question. What's your favorite breakfast? Think about that for just a moment. If you didn't eat breakfast this morning, I'm sorry that we brought this up. (laughs) I ate breakfast, first breakfast this morning. I I ate my go-to breakfast. My go-to breakfast is usually a bowl of oatmeal. Oatmeal with maybe some pecans or some walnuts. There's some fresh fruit like bananas or blueberries. This morning I'm out of pecans, so I only have blueberries. You know, but this good hearty meal, especially on a colder day like today, kind of fills you up. But usually by this time in the morning, because I usually have that about 5, 36 o'clock in the morning, I'm ready for breakfast number two. You know, I don't know about you, and sometimes breakfast number three. But my favorite breakfast, my favorite breakfast, that if I didn't have to worry about whether it's healthy or not, it was just something that I enjoy doing, I love French toast. I love French toast, a good thick slice of a hearty bread, some slices of French toast piled high with some butter on there. My go-to would be... um, Honey, not syrup. I love kind of the tanginess of honey versus the syrup. And you kind of just ooze that on there, watching it pour over and, you know, onto the plate there. And, and then on, you know, maybe a side plate, you've got some good thick strips of smoked bacon. And, and I, I call them sometimes like peasant potatoes. But, you know, the, the hash browns are not like strings, but they're cut up with some onions and maybe some peppers in there. And, oh, man. Anyone hungry? <laughs> I wish I could say come to my house for breakfast, but I, I'm not going to be home for a while. But, you know, that, that is my favorite breakfast, you know, and, and I love that. I, I, when I get in the morning, I'm usually hungry, and I am ready to eat, you know, with a big cup of coffee, whatever I have, to devour it and, and feed myself because, well, you know, I grew up hearing these words, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Now, I, I've heard more recently that may not necessarily be so true, or it may be true, so it's kind of like a lot of things, true, not true, but it uh, may have been something that the uh, cereal companies kind of got into our brains because, you know what, if you eat more cereal because breakfast is important, they make more money. So breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I don't know if it is, but it is for me, and it's a way that, of course, it's in the word there that we break the fast because while we were sleeping, you know, we weren't eating, and you wake up in the morning and you break that fast. And fasting is often part of the Lenten season. Part of that is because of the text here that kicks off our Lenten season. Traditionally, the Lenten season often kicks off with Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. This is recorded in both Matthew's gospel, Luke's gospel, and the one that we heard this morning already, Mark's gospel. Let's read that text together. Mark 1, 12-13. At once the Spirit brought him into the desert where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was there with the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. So just you know, prior to this, and we had this in the text, Jesus was there in the Jordan River, and he was being baptized by his cousin, by John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. Jesus is baptized, the heavens are torn open, and you know, the Spirit descends, and there's this voice from the Father that says, this is my Son, you know, I am well pleased with him. This is the Son whom I love. 
And Jesus is baptized. He's baptized so that, you know, he is connected with us to live under the same law and obligations that we live under, but that in our sin we fail to follow completely. And Jesus is connected. This is part of his saving work that he's doing here. And then as he's baptized and the heavens open, the voice says, this is my son, then he's driven out into the desert. And the the words there, he's driven by the Spirit, is really the same words that is used elsewhere in the Gospels where Jesus, you know, drives out the demons, where he does an exorcism. He drives them out. So we have this image of Jesus being really driven, not in a sense forcefully pushed out, but just, you know, this, this, this push of this is where I have to go next, out into the desert, out into the wilderness. That same spirit drives him out there where he is going to be there for 40 days. And as we do that, let's kind of really quick kind of define the desert or, or the wilderness. That, that term wilderness is found throughout Scripture as a physical reality, a place that, well, is wilderness, it's wild, it's the deserty kind of space. We have this definition here, you know, from the dictionary, wilderness, a wild and uncultivated region like a forest or a desert, uninhabited or only inhabited by wild animals. Mark even picks up on that, the other gospels don't, that there are wild animals in the wilderness. I don't know about you if you've ever been to the wilderness before. Growing up in Arizona, you know, we'd go to the wilderness. It was a desert kind of wilderness, in Boy Scouts especially. I was in Boy Scouts, and we'd go camping, and we'd get our backpacks, our tents, and we'd go off, and we'd camp in the White Tanks Mountains in the desert amongst the rattlesnakes and the scorpions and the sand and the cacti and all kinds of other things. We'd go out there. But, you know, when we go out there, we pack all of our food, our breakfast, you know, that we could cook on the fire, something easy. We'd have snacks like, you know, bags of trail mix and, and beef jerky and things like that to keep us nourished as we're out there in the wilderness. But that term wilderness not only talks about a physical place, in Scripture it also is a place where we see God's people, you know, sometimes struggling. They, they are dealing with, you know, the simplicity and the sacrifice and sorrow like we have been dealing with in the daily reality of life during this COVID pandemic. It is a time where there's transformational experiences and encounters with God there in the wilderness. That wilderness becomes a dark and foreboding place place of devastation, a place of pain, of coming face to face with our sins. And then we have Jesus in the wilderness. It reflects God's people long ago who wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days, which by the way is why we have 40 days of Lent, that Jesus is there in the wilderness. But you know, as you think about Jesus being in the wilderness, you know, the, the, the time that he experiences in the wilderness, he went 40 days without what? W- without eating. I don't know. I've never gone 40 days without eating. I don't know. I mean, I, man, maybe I could do that. I don't know. I'm ready for breakfast number two and lunch and dinner. 40 days without eating. And, you know, the, the artwork that, that exists around this uh, moment in Scripture is, is powerful. A lot of the artwork, though, we see Jesus being tempted because he was tempted by the devil. You know, the, the devil trying to trick him, trying to get him off his game, trying to get him, you know, going a different direction than what God has planned. But as he's in the wilderness, this one particular painting by this Russian artist, Ivan Kramskoy, um, I, I love this one here. Maybe you've seen this before. The, the reason I, I love this one here, this is a painting from 1872. It's an oil painting is 
Well, there's Jesus in the wilderness, and, and he, he is what? He's alone in this desolate place. And you can kind of begin to see on his face, it's been 40 days since he's eaten anything. He has had very little all by himself in this desolate place. And this captures, you know, that, that, that Jesus is very human. Jesus was 100% God. You know, remember his baptism. This is my son, 100% God, yet at the same time, 100% human. Human and God packaged together. That is the uniqueness of who Jesus is. And there Jesus, being fully human, you know, worked through that time of being alone and being hungry and being tempted by the devil. And what it shows us is this, and this is the important truth for us to see in this moment of Scripture. Jesus fully engages the wilderness. He didn't come there, you know, with all of his divinity and, and just kind of put away his humanity. He engaged it fully with who he was as God and man, hungry, alone, and tired. Jesus fully engages the wilderness. Now, for us, you know, we often engage the wilderness by trying to control it or trying to find some kind of relief from it. But Jesus engages the wilderness. You know, sometimes our lives are like that, right? A lot of us will look over this past almost 12 months now of a time that has been challenging, a time where we have faced tough times and hardships and struggles, whether it's related directly to the COVID and the pandemic or politics and, and stress there or just the other things going on in our lives. And sometimes those struggles and those hardships, you know, they're, they're financial. Sometimes they are relational. Sometimes it's, it's healthy. The doctor tells us some words that we don't want to hear. Sometimes, sometimes they're spiritual. And there's moments we hunt tend to want to control it. We want to be in charge of the situation. We see Jesus as he's there. He's trusting his Father. He's trusting that God has a plan for him, that God will care for him, that he's not alone. I didn't try to find that relief. That's really what the devil is trying to do is, look, I will relieve the hunger. I will relieve your loneliness. I will relieve it all if you just, you know, say the word. And that's often where we stumble and struggle is that we try to control it, and we're looking for relief. Jesus fully engages the wilderness. What does it mean that Jesus fully engages the wilderness? Well, we capture this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Let's read this together. We have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness. He was tempted in every way that we are, but he didn't sin. Did you get that? So he's a high priest. That's one of the roles that Jesus fills. The high priest that is the one that stands between us and God. And he was tempted in every way that we have been tempted. And any kind of temptation you and I have ever faced, ever will face, Jesus has experienced every temptation, but without sin. He didn't give in to the temptation. And this is important because it shows us again that Jesus fully engages the wilderness. Jesus also, Paul uses this language, Jesus is the second Adam. He is the complete Adam. And that brings us back to Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. And as they sinned, as they gave in to their temptations, and sin entered all of creation, all of humanity, that Jesus comes. Again, remember he's baptized, so he lives under the same law that we live under. And then he does this without sinning. So that when he lives that life without sin, then he goes to the cross. He is able to take all of our sin Upon himself. All the times that we have tried to control our wilderness moments, all the times that we have tried to find relief from the wilderness moments, Jesus fully engages the wilderness. 
which means that Jesus, he goes for us in the wilderness, but also that Jesus goes with us in the wilderness. Because as Jesus suffers and dies, he rises again. And he says to his followers, I am with you always. Maybe right now you're in one of those wilderness moments. Maybe you're struggling. It's been tough. It's been hard. It's financial. It's relational. It's spiritual. But know this. Jesus goes with you into the wilderness. You are not alone. And as Jesus fully engages the wilderness, that really leads us to the question that we have for ourselves. And it's this question here. How will you fully engage your wilderness? How will you fully engage your wilderness? How will you fully engage your wilderness knowing that Jesus goes for you into the wilderness and with you into the wilderness? Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing grace and love. We give you thanks and praise that you fully engaged the wilderness for us, that you were there for us and you are there with us. Lord, help us to fully engage in faith in the wilderness, knowing that we are not alone. You have gone before us and you are with us. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.